Welcome to the Crystal Says Let's Chat You and Me podcast, where every conversation is honest, inspiring, humorous, sometimes controversial, but always what you want to talk about. Your host is Crystal Haynes, a Christian author, speaker, and consultant. Join the conversation as she speaks on life, love, and everything in between. Let's listen in. What are we chatting about today? Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back. I'm your host, Crystal, and today we are chatting with a phenomenal woman. Her name is Marshala Thompson. She's a domestic violence conqueror and with a mission to bring awareness to domestic violence to prevent others from going down a traumatic pathway. Marshala currently works with a domestic violence prevention team in the Dallas-Fort Worth, Texas area as a speaker to educate students about Domestic Violence 101 and share her story. Her goal is to help others understand what domestic violence is, how to identify it, and how to help themselves or someone else they know who is in an abusive relationship. Welcome, Marshala. I'm so glad to have you on the show. Let's dive right into it, shall we? Yes, ma'am. Let's go. Start from the very beginning. How did you two meet? You don't have to use any names or anything like that, whatever you're comfortable with. Of course. Well, I met and, and I refer to him as my abuser. So that's what I'll say. I don't use his name because I don't feel his name is important when I am discussing the story. But I met him in 2017 in Dallas. I was brand new to Dallas and um, I was leaving out of trying to get my nails done. And I remember he approached me, you know, when you are approached by someone that has taken interest of you. You know, you check them out and it's just how he was approaching me and how he talked. It was everything that I was okay with. He was very charming, has a great smile, very handsome. And I was starting to think like, oh my gosh, did I find my husband that I have to move to find my <laughs> husband? I was like, oh, okay, you handsome. Okay. <laughs> Tall and handsome. Hey. So, you know, he was very compliment. They gave me all the compliments. And I remember that day, it was as if I had already known him. We were joking around, making jokes, and he even actually joined me for lunch that same day that he met me because that's what I was on my way to do. So we just continued to talk, and it was as if it wasn't as if that he just met me. It was as if I've been known him. So that's kind of how we met, wow. and how it started. Wow. So in the beginning, um, normally sometimes in relationships, in hindsight, we look and we say, well, you know, I did see a red flag here. I did see that happening, but I didn't pay attention to it or I didn't want to. But in this case, it didn't sound like there were much flags giving off. He was checking all the boxes. I mean, you thought you met a husband. Yes, definitely. Now, looking back there, I can say that there were some things, but it, it started to show itself and it was very subtle. They started to show itself as time went on. And some of those were, he was very pushy to be in a relationship. We had just met, he so wanted to be, to say like, we're boyfriend and girlfriend. And I didn't want that. I was, I was like, oh, what? It's going too fast. What do you mean right now? So he was ready for labeling. Yes, right away, right away, yes. And then also, I started noticing as time went on that he, I call it adult tantrum. So if you think of when a child has a tantrum, they're upset, you don't know why they're not able to explain it. He would do stuff like that. 
um, he would get upset and I would always try to figure out, okay, what's wrong? Like, I don't understand. Like, what, what did I do? Is something going on? And he would do stuff like that. And I would ignore thinking, well, maybe someone just, however he's acting, maybe someone told him that that was okay. And I have to teach him how to treat me. Ooh, you said some things right there. Yes. And that sounds very familiar to many things that we do. I, I can only speak on the woman's side. I mean, men listening, you, we know you also face domestic violence, mm-hmm. but I can't speak on, on that. But as women, we do tend to blame ourselves. Well, what did I do? What didn't I do? Am I making him upset? Okay, I have to teach him. I have to show him how to... That's a lot of uh, the mistake that we make, don't you think? Yes, ma'am. I, I definitely think that's a mistake. And one of the things where I saw him do or heard him do, he was he became disrespectful a couple of mm. times. He got angry. And I should have just said, you know what? I'm not dealing with that and left. But I was in that mindset, well, I just got to teach him because he would get angry sometimes and he will call me out my name. He would use the B word. I don't know if I can cuss, so I don't want to say it. But he, he'll just call me the B word. And I'm like, whoa, I have never had a man call me out my name and you are not going to do that. And I would tell him this and I would think, like I said before, I'm going to teach him that it's not okay. But I should have ran and not looked back. Wow. So... Okay, here's where I... It, tell me if I'm going too far and too fast. He called you out of your name. Mm-hmm. That was a warning sign. Did he also physically abuse you? Or was this um, an emotional, a mental, but never physical? It was actually all of that. The oh. physical abuse did show up. And it was very abrupt and very fast. It did not show up until... November. I met him in July. He became physical with me in November. Same year. So that's that's like five months. Yes, ma'am. Yes. So, and I I don't know how deep you want me to go into that. And I don't mind whatever questions you have, but... Whatever you're comfortable with, please. Of course. So that day, um, I had been talking to him over the phone and the, the anger started from when I was at work and I was talking to the phone. And I started thinking, man, I'm just going to tell him, hey, let's go ahead and make this official. I was going to give him the label he had wanted. I'm thinking he'll be happy. I'm talking to him over the phone I'm like, hey, yeah, I decided I really think we should move forward. And um, I don't mind, you know, becoming, you know, having that label, having boyfriend, girlfriend. And I told him, I was like, well, I just want to make sure that no one from my past is going to interrupt our relationship. So I definitely want to make sure like all my P's and Q's are together, T's crossed. He didn't like that. He became angry. Yes. Angry. That was for his benefit. Yes. That's what I thought. I thought he would be, yeah, yeah. That's how I envisioned it. Yeah. He's going to be happy. (laughs) No. Oh my gosh. Complete opposite. Became very angry. Argument started. I got to the point where I had to tell him I'm not continuing this argument because I have, I'm at work and I can't keep leaving my desk to have a conversation with you. And he also became again, disrespectful, calling me out my name, calling me the B word. So I stopped talking to him in that moment. And he basically, I'm going to try to make this a long story short. He ended up coming over my house. I told him don't come, but he ended up knocking on the door, still furious. I let him in thinking, oh, geez, we're just going to argue. You know, we're going to have this argument and everything will be fine. We'll move forward with smiles. Nope, that was not the case. He came with vengeance in his head already and he came and 
That night he had beat me for hours. No. Yes. And it was little things that led up to it. He he basically held me captive in my own home. He was like doing things. It's just he was just trying to figure out ways to hurt me. And I mean, closed fist punching me. He's much bigger than I am. I I am barely five, six. He is six, seven. Very solid. Wait. Whoa. Yes. Six, seven. You're five, six. Yes. That's a whole other person. Yes. Yes. For every one step I take, no, two steps I take, he can take one and meet me in the same area. So he's much bigger than me. And um, he he was getting angry. He's already angry prior to coming. And then he got even more angry because he took my phone from me and he didn't like the fact that I had been in communication with a male. He ignored any conversation with females and he didn't care who the male was or how I knew them. He just didn't care. So he would just use that as fuel. And every time he would get mad, then he would start verbally attacking me and he would come and start punching me, uppercutting me in my stomach, watching me fall to the ground, gas me, like <gasps> gas me for air and just look at me and tell me, you like going to the gym so much to go your ab workout. Wow. Yes. He He's would, a disgusting human being. Yes. He would. I took most of my punches on my body because I was trying to block it. Um, he would. At one point in time, he hit me. And um, I don't know where he was trying to hit me, but it hit me in my face and blood just splattered out onto the wall. And all he did was just look at me. He picked, picked up a clean shirt for work out my laundry, threw it at me, told me to clean it up. Wow. Blood. Yeah. So. so not only did he beat your body, he hit your face, disrespected you verbally, took your phone, held you basically hostage in your own home. Mm-hmm. What was going through your mind at that particular time? I knew that I was going to die that night because he told me I was going to die. I, I am a owner of a gun. He knows that I have a gun. And my gun is, you know, as a as a woman, I want to feel protected. I, I was living by right. myself. He told me before he even started doing all that. He told me, you know, you messed up tonight. And I always remember that he told me, you know, you messed up because you're going to die tonight. And I want you to understand that because you're either going to have to make it to that gun before I do. Or you're going to have to make it out this room and go through me to get out. And he told me that. So I knew I'm not going to make it to the gun because it was on the other side. Push back to my bed so even if I tried he would beat me beat me as in he would get there before I would and if I try to fight him to get out that wasn't a fight I was going to win because he's physically stronger than me I literally accepted that I was going to die that night and it's real like in the movies they say your life flashes before your eyes uh, everything I thought about my mom my sister my brother my dad all these things like really quickly and I just remember thinking nobody's gonna know that I'm here because they don't know that he's here right now they're not gonna know he did it and all I could do is just just be in that room in the moment and just think like well the most I can do is when he just tried to kill me is to do the most I can to fight him off and I, and I didn't know what that was gonna look like so that that's what I was thinking in that moment Wow. I'm, I'm trying to wrap my head around all that you're saying. You mentioned in the movies. We do see this in the movies. I mean, I'm thinking about the movie Enough with, you know, Jennifer Lopez. Mm-hmm. And, and all of that just came to mind when you were saying that. And to know that you actually went through this and you can recall 
all of those things. Now, I've spoken with other conquerors, and I love the way that you put it, as a conqueror. Mm-hmm. Um, I've spoken with other conquerors, and some still were not at the point that you are right now. They still blamed themselves for everything that happened to them. And I know that there's importance in mental health counseling, especially, especially for things like this. Um, Is that something that you had to go through? Yes, a lot of it. (laughs) Yes, I, I definitely push that. I try to tell people all the time, it's nothing wrong with therapy. And I used to be one of those where I think, oh, God, I don't need therapy. I don't want to talk to someone. But in that moment, when you go through something that traumatic, you know, because I developed post-traumatic stress disorder. I was very hyper-vigilant. Like, I can, I mean, the, a, a squirrel can drop on the roof to get whatever he was trying to get. And I would get so frightened. My anxiety would go from zero to ten. And I would just cry and ball out. So me going to therapy was very helpful. And I I started therapy. I was still, you know, in a relationship with him. And and I say in the relationship because we kind of, it is some areas that are skipped because like you said, they blame themselves. I blame myself. It was my fault. And if I just would have did this or changed that, he wouldn't have did that. And I had to learn that it wasn't my fault for first I didn't even know what domestic violence was. I wasn't understanding that that verbal type of abuse was domestic violence. And he had already started that prior to the physical. And after the physical, I ended up getting digital abuse, which was when he would take my phone and go through it. And just to make sure, who are you talking to? I want to see who you're talking to. And if I was talking to someone that he didn't approve of, it was going to be an issue. So he had to approve. Yes. He did not like, even with me trying to hang out with friends, it got to a point I would just stop because it would cause an argument. So going through all of that, and, and that physical abuse is the part that actually broke me. And that's why it was so easy for me to go back because he was able to manipulate me to coming back. So now that you said that, that was the next question I had for you. After that night when he told you that you would die that night and you went back with him after after that, after... I just want to understand the the, uh, the timeline. Of course. Yes, I did go back. I, I went about a month and I didn't talk to him. I didn't see him. During that month, I cried almost every night. I was depressed. I blamed myself. I was in pain. I could barely get out of the bed. So all these things are going on with me. And it was just always like, what did I do? It's my fault. And I'm blaming every, his behavior that he's he decided to do to me. I'm blaming it on myself. What exactly did he do that convinced you? Um, I'm asking you because I can recall being in, I would say elementary, junior high school. And even at that age, a friend of mine was in an abusive relationship with a older guy. And she would come to school. I'd see something different on her and, you know, the, the, the marks of trying to hide it and then covering it up. And like you said, blaming yourself for not listening or not obeying what they said because it would make them angry and you knew it would make them angry and you still did it. Um, things like that. And she'd gone back. So what is it? You mentioned that he had a way to bring you back. What was that? With that, 
is actually my lack of understanding, my lack mm. of resources. At that moment in time, when I went back, I did not know there were resources for people who've been through something like that for me to go to, to leave. So we're not on, without knowing your resources and with not without understanding what happened to you, you will go back. Without having a plan to leave and stay safe while you're away, you will go back. So it was a lot of different reasons and everyone's reason is different. But for me, my reason for going back is because one, I blamed myself and I did not know my resources. Hmm. That was my reasoning. Got you. This is, I am, I am so proud of you mm-hmm. and I am so happy for you. Um, at that time, while you were with him and, uh, even after you, you, you left him, um, your relationships, cause you'd mentioned, um, what was going through your mind of like family and friends wouldn't know he was there. Mm-hmm. What were your relationships like with family and friends during that time? Did they at all throughout your relationship with him, um, know what was happening and also if you could tell us how long the relationship was with him in total understood so while we were dating i say dating meaning no um there wasn't really a title there was a few friends that knew that i was dating him i had a one good friend who was there the whole entire time didn't judge me she knows about everything so she knew um I'm trying to think. I also had another friend because I went to her house just because I was I didn't feel safe to stay home because he would pop up. And if I knew he was angry, I wouldn't go home. So I've stayed at her house. So it was only a handful of friends that knew, not a lot of people. My mother and my father, they didn't know because until the physical abuse happened um, because they found out through a friend of mine. Wow. Yeah, so... During that time of all that happened, I actually lost a friend. And she was um, a very close friend of mine. And I just, I didn't like something she said to me. And I'm going to say she probably just didn't know the best way to go about it. But because I was in such a very sensitive area, I didn't like some things that I felt that she was causing more harm. And just out of her not understanding, you know, how to respond correctly. She got a little bit angry and I got angry. And during that conversation, she has stated to me, well, I'm not, well, he was the one beating on you. And I did not like that. And still to this day, I have not talked to her. The last time I talked to her was in 2017 because I was so hurt that she said that to me. And she doesn't understand. I don't think she understands that. But I haven't lost any other friends prior to that. My family, when I was actually dating him, they didn't know. I didn't want to tell them because I knew that they wouldn't approve of it. But in my mind, oh, well, he said he's he's going to do better. He's not going to do it. He's taking therapy. This is what the things that he told me. Something, okay, he's getting help, so he knows that he shouldn't Mm. do that. I had talked to his mother, and his mother grilled him for even doing that. And I thought everything was going to be fine. After dating him when I had finally left I fled and what gave you the strength to flee um what gave me the strength was that I thought he was going to kill me and I had more resources at that point at that point I had already been in therapy I was understanding what happened to me and that it wasn't my fault and that was that his that was his decision the last time I saw him he became upset 
because he, he, gave, he became angry a lot and he became upset. We were talking on the phone. He got upset because I got off the phone with him because we were having a conversation and he was talking to someone else. And that conversation that he was having with that person was more than five minutes long. So I said, hey, call me back when you're done. I'm going to go to the gym. He did not like that I did that. So he drove wherever he was at all the way to the gym that he knows that I go to stopped me before I went inside. It was as if he knew where I was before I even got there and told me to get in my car. And while I was in the car, he basically was very verbally and emotionally abusive to me. And I remember him telling me that it was so many different times that he could have did something to me. And with him saying that, it scared me beyond, I don't even know what the right word would be because I remember all the times I've woken up and he's just staring at me as if he's thinking about doing something. And just while you were sleeping? Yeah, I would wake up and I would wake up to him looking at me thinking- That is creepy. Yes. So I decided like, oh my gosh, I I can't do this anymore. Like he's not gonna stop. And I remember being petrified. And when I finally got out his, you know, out his area and he went his way and I went home, I fled home. Um, I told him that I just don't feel good. I'm about to go to sleep because I didn't want him to come over. And I remember calling the hotline and I called him. Remember, I was bawling, crying. And I was like, yes, I need help. I I don't have anywhere to go. I can't stay at home. He's going to come back here and he's going to hurt me. I'm sorry. I get emotional sometimes. I talk about how I Go ahead. But I packed me a bag. Whatever I could fit in that bag because I was still working. I said, I just need enough clothes to get to work for like two weeks. I packed me a bag. I took my purse with me. And on the hotline, the lady, she told me where to go. She said, when you're safe, you go here, you call back. And I did that. And then she told me to go somewhere else so I can get to a, a disclosed area. So I went there and I checked into the shelter. It's a shelter for women and children. And I remember feeling so broken. And that moment, that, that was my broke, right? I felt broken. And I remember I cried all night that night. And even though they're helping me, the shelter isn't like this lavish place to stay. I'm sharing a room with right. four other women and we share the same restroom, you know? So it's very compact, but they were keeping me safe. And I stayed there for about a month. So that's how I left. And I was able to stay going with therapy. I did my one-on-one therapy and group therapy. By the time I got that, mentally, I was more stable. And I broke up with him while I was in underneath their care. And I did it via text so he couldn't manipulate me over the phone. And I wouldn't meet with him in person, which that's what he wanted. I wouldn't do that. Have you seen him since then? I haven't. Nope. If he's seen me, I don't know. We're actually, I'm actually going through a pending case. I decided to go forward. Um, I had to fight though. No one called the police. I had to call the police. Even when I went to, I went to the hospital, I I would think like, oh, they're going to call the police. Nope. I had to call the police. Um, I had to fight to get help from the state. They have a victim's compensation program that assists with that. And they kept denying me help. Yeah, they denied me help because apparently I wasn't the ideal. The typical? Yes. The ideal victim they want is you went through this and you left and now we can help you. And I'm like, well, that's not fair because mentally in that moment, I was not right. So I didn't know what was going on with me. So I had to fight and I mean, appeal. I was writing letters. They probably got tired of seeing my letters. I refused to give up. 
Um, so I got help there. And then I had to fight for the court to assign a prosecutor to my case. I mean, I had to take off of work and go to the police station because they're telling me, oh, no, your case is at the court. The court telling me, no, your case is at with the police. I'm like, well, you literally fighting for your life. Literally. Yes. Because it, it's like, y'all got, you're not helping me. It's, you guys are put in place to help people like me, and you're not helping me. It's so fresh. The system is cracked. It's very frustrating because the way laws and rules are written, it's to help and it's to weed out people who uh, basically cry wolf. And it's sucky because people who cry wolf make it hard for people like you who actually need the help. And then there are people who know just what to do and just enough to do it and how to do it so that you don't meet the criteria for that same help. Mm -hmm. and, and it's frustrating. So now you have a scenario like right now where you're fighting for your life. Let me ask you. Before we uh, wrap up the show, oh my goodness, there's so much I want to ask you. Um, if you could compare your viewpoint of yourself from then to now, how would you describe the two? And then what advice would you give to someone who may currently be in an abusive relationship or someone who, like you, was able to leave, but they want to know how to thrive after having left? Gotcha. Well, right now versus... Then, when I was in that situation, I would describe myself now as powerful because it's very yes, hard. You are. Thank you. It's very hard to get to this position. Not only do you have to work through all that, you have to be able to identify what's triggering you so you can not have that trigger you as much. But I decided that I came out the fire and I'm going back in to pull people out or to prevent people from stepping into it. So to do that, I have to sometimes go back into that moment um, and under and it's as if I'm a fly on the wall seeing what happened to me or free, revisiting how that felt. And, and it is difficult at the beginning. So I would tell anyone who is either in that situation or if they're they've left the situation you're trying to stay away one definitely you need to make sure you have a safety plan and be resilient because that's what i had to be be resilient understand that you deserve better and it doesn't mean that no one else is going to love you or you're going to feel love because what that was was not true love because love doesn't hurt and i just want them to understand that they will find, you know, themselves in a more serene mindset when they do leave and they get themselves to a point that th they feel that they are safe and the things that they do aren't going to trigger or uh, uh, allow someone else to think like, oh, well, I'm going to do this or say this to you because you've made me upset. So I would just tell them, like, stay focused, get the support that you need. If you don't have friends and family to support you, call the hotline. Um, with domestic violence hotline you can go on their website and they have a fail safe where you can immediately get off their website and you can call them and they will tell you you know in your local area how you can get help that's excellent what would you say to family and friends who are aware of a, a situation like this and then after that go ahead and do me a favor and tell the folks where they can find you to link up with you um 
because I know that you have resources to provide. I, I just know you do. Yes. So if you're a friend or a family member that knows someone who's going through an abusive relationship, number one, do not victim blame. It is actually zero, I believe 0.07% that someone is lying because no one wants to make that lie. It's, if, if they're saying it, it, more than likely it's happening. So don't victim blame. Don't say, well, what did you do? Because you're going to cause that additional traumatic situation to happen. Be helpful. Help them to devise a plan. Let them choose for themselves because they are an expert of their own life. Just be available and provide resources. If you want to connect with me, I've actually you know, created a page where I'm trying to get out the word and share my story. It is on Instagram. So you can find me at, at broken.healed.overcame. That is the page that I use to push out information about domestic violence. You can also reach me on my personal business. I'm, I'm sorry, personal business Instagram. And that's at I am underscore Marshala. And that's M-A-R. S-H-A-Y-L-A. And that's for all handles, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. You'll find me. Thank you so very much, Marcella. I really appreciate you coming on the show, being open and honest and sharing with our listeners what you went through, how you left and what you're doing to continue to live and, and thrive and then be of help to others. So family, we are out. I love you very much. And I hope to see you soon on the next episode. Take care. Thanks for tuning in. As always, if you enjoyed this episode, subscribe, like, comment, and share. Remember, you can find us everywhere podcasts are streamed. Post your comments and your topic requests on crystalsays.com or on Instagram at the Let's Chat Podcast. Don't be shy. Let's chat. You and me.